and welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of No Prize Podcast. I am the professor. That is Lucas. And how are you doing, pal? I am sharpening my knives. I am polishing the spoons and the sporks and everything and the plates getting ready for Turkey Day. Uh-huh. Is there any bigger day than this one? There, there isn't, man. And especially last year when we were all uh, shut up in our houses and not allowed to see family. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this year, this year uh, we're back to back to normal, hopefully, and uh, and ready to ready to see twenty five of my closest family and friends. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, there's enough turkey. I heard turkey was like a hundred dollars a pound. So, yeah, we shall see. Inflation has been a B. Yeah. I'm really busy. All of eggs, milk, turkey, meat. I've I've seen, I've seen videos of people showing, uh, you know, sharing video of crazy prices for you know just meat and everything. So, yeah, please be careful <laughs> out, out there. You no, know, don't don't put everything in your car before looking at the prices. You know, I'd be happy. I'd be happy with just the sides. You know, I'd be happy with some mashed potatoes, some butternut squash. You know, some Oof. little. You know, those stole the side dishes. You know, we could do without. Yeah, I could do without turkey. Cook a ham. Do without turkey. Roast beef or something. You know. I, I know. I. I mean, I can't eat that much these days anyway. So, <laughs> you know. No, I, I was uh, blessed enough that uh, we reserved honeyed turkey and this year and some honeyed ham. So I didn't feel like cooking. So we're just gonna you know, keep it low key and just go and let honey ham take care of us on, on some of the stuff. But, All right. but what we're not gonna do is we are not gonna freaking relinquish our 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 absolute right to tear into some of these books that Marvel put out. Oh yeah. Yeah we can feast on a few good books this weekend. Now, so yeah so so I what do we want to get get into? Or did you know you wanted to talk about that? Some of the, did you want to talk about some of the trailers or or what? Yeah, we could talk about yeah because we had that Disney Plus day last week and uh, and they came out with some some trailers. Uh, Moon Knight, if you'd seen a little bit of Moon Knight, maybe you got a little poke, a little sneak preview of his costume. Uh, see what the Oscar Isaac looks like as uh, as Moon Knight. That was pretty cool. They did a little She Hulk where they didn't really show much, right? But they showed. Uh, I can't even remember her name. Tat is was it Tatiana or something like that? Uh, yeah. I'm Who's playing sure. She-Hulk? Oh, uh, yeah, the the lady from uh, Orphan. Yeah, but I can't remember her name. She's got a nice, unique name, but I, I like her, and she's got a unique look too. I think she's a, uh, I think she's beautiful. But uh, if she, if you're listening, I think you're beautiful. But uh, oh, yeah, she she <laughs> get it. She's a little a little cute patootie. No. <laughs> But but in the meantime, um, I think the even bigger freaking orbital thing, and, and this is what was going. We talked about this regarding Scarlett Johansson, right? You know. Yeah. Now people are just starting to understand what that news meant. So so for those that are not tracking, uh, Scarlett Johansson and her team actually had a lawsuit against Disney, right? They said it was a breach of contract because they had put it out on uh, the Disney Plus streaming platform. Um, prior to, you know, at, well, at the same time as putting in theater and early, well, there's a loss of funds and all that stuff, not proven, but in the meantime, uh, now, now the other digits plus came to, came to terms with her, not even close to what she was asking for. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> but but they came to terms, and now I guess her team, and I I definitely know it's her team because of where I've I've seen these stories at. And like, well, you know, in addition to that, no, she's getting producers credit. Well, you you that only matters to you if you don't know the fact that on Black Widow and some of those other movies she's been on, she had actress credit and producers credit anyways. That's <laughs> how that's how actors actors and actresses sometimes pull enough money out yeah. of you know, they get the producer you get that producer's credit. Guess what? Not only do you get paid for the work you did, but you get paid for some of that work in perpetuity for all that. But all right. you know, there there is that IHC, you know, producers thing where now they don't want producers double dipping anymore. Right. Because like, okay, the Bruce came in and they made a phone call. Now they get producers credit. And that, that's it. Well, they, you know, so there's a little yeah. thing about that. So now Disney says, okay, we'll let you double double dip on this one, but let's not do this anymore. You know. So 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 the big thing for Disney Plus that was not mentioned. So you've already got your She Hulk and you've got you no know, this one and that one. You've already got that humans like on the edge, right? You no, know, they're dead, right? They're, they're dead right. as far as yeah. I know in the comic, but no, they're dead. Nobody cares about the humans right now. But we do know that Kamala Khan, she's on her way. Yeah. She's an inhuman. So that sets us up for A Force. That's what people are speculating that, that that she might be able to direct or produce or an A Force freaking project, which would be absolutely amazing. In theory, I just don't know if we're ready yet. We need to let some of these other female characters breathe, let them get their footing, and then it would be amazing to see that. And that's the female Avengers that uh, that came out several years ago out of Secret Wars that uh, didn't really go anywhere, Did had maybe like an eight or nine issue run, but that included Ms. Marvel, She-Hulk, Storm, um, several of the major female characters in Marvel. Uh, a couple of other ones that I think maybe they might have even introduced already. So yes, maybe yes. Scarlet Witch too. We could just, you know, that's a that would be a total female power uh, show, which is right up Disney Plus's alley these days. So, well, we'll see. It would it would be it would be amazing, especially for you know those, the books I've got hitting around this room, so I can get rid of them, <laughs> you know, <laughs> circulation wise. Uh, but you know, pandering and all that other stuff, you know, put that as, put that aside. It would be interesting to see how that would work, right? You no, know, that's, yeah. that's a lot of star power and everything. But no, I, I'm not ready to see it yet until I see how these other characters would play in, play in the room with with each other, or or are they ready yet to make their big thing in the MCU enough to pull people? Right. Well, um, it's gonna be a good story first, you know. If they can tell a good story, and you can keep the diversity if you want, you can keep the, uh, you know, all this everywhere they're 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 going. As long as the story's good and we can buy into it. I don't have a problem with anything they do. So, uh, you know, they've been doing good so far. Um, I've liked just about everything they've put out. Um, we have Hawkeye dropping this uh, this week. So on, yes. w- w- before you eat your turkey, watch Hawkeye. I believe the first two episodes are dropping on, uh, I think, the day before Thanksgiving. Mm. So uh, I, think, I think that show is going to show you more of the roadmap towards where everybody's headed 
because we've already had Loki. We haven't seen anything sit well. We've seen what if, but I mean, I'm talking live action. We haven't really seen anything uh, since Loki broke the multiverse open. I think we might see some some cool live action stuff. Um, and obviously, the multiverse opens up uh, the door for if Scarlett Johansson wants to return, right? Because we can just have an alternate reality version of Black Widow. Yes, um, but we also see um, Florence Pugh is on the cast list for Hawkeye. So she will be back as White Widow. Um, and if you remember the stinger uh, at the end of Black Widow, where she is recruited to go after Hawkeye. So we kind of knew she was going to show up, right? So. Sure. Um, that's, I'm kind of really looking forward to that. And we're, you know, introdu introducing Kate Bishop. So that's another young Avenger accounted for. Um, so that's another, re uh, another way they're heading and she would fit into the a force that you're talking about really, uh, really well. So the only one you're going to be missing. And I, so, so, so here's the deal. This character is not, was not part of the original a force, but would make a great addition to it. And yeah. that would be Shuri. Oh, of course. Yeah. But because of some of the flack behind this particular actress, in between her her you know her thoughts on on vaccines, right? Uh -huh. And her all of a sudden breaking her arm and having concussions and all this other stuff. I don't think that's gonna I don't think they're gonna want to go that way. They're gonna they're gonna go some some other other way and they're gonna be proud to keep her out. Do you think that they might re just recast her? I hope they do. Just I hope they do. I hope I hope it's a shot across shot across the bow bow, right? Look, you work for the Disney the Disney Corporation. Absolutely, are you? You are the you are the face at times for the organization. You cannot right. be sending crazy ass e uh, messages to everybody. Yeah, you well, can't do that. I, I was thinking about that the, earlier this week because I was like, man, because imagine if like Chadwick Boseman was still here, and let's say he was an anti-vaxxer. You know, you can't recast Chadwick Boseman. But now that you're in a situation where Shori uh, needs to step up and be the face of Black Panther 2 or the main character, you know, at this point, I think you can get away with casting, recasting her if you have to, um, because she's not A-list, right? No, it's kind no, of like replacing, it's kind she... of re replacing Terrence Howard with Don Cheadle between Iron Man and Iron Man 2. Everybody was like, okay, I buy it. Same character, different actor. Right. It, it's one of those sad situations of an actor <clears throat> or yeah, an actor or an actress talking themselves out of the A-list category. Right. Do you remember, do you remember right. how high everybody was after Black Panther? Of course, yes. Everybody yes. was amazed, right? Because Black Panther is would have been an easy one to mess up. I've never seen a movie that after afterward I felt um, – I didn't, I mean, I felt that it was an empowering movie, right? That it was a movie that people saw and instantly felt that they were more, right? That they belong, like that, that there was something that was there that belonged to them, that was theirs. Uh, that's, I think, and I've never, ever seen a movie that made me feel more like that, um, ever. So 
That's I, that's that's the special power of that movie, and that's why it shows up in the in everybody's number one list when it comes to talking about Marvel movies, MCU movies, because that movie did something that none no other movie I've ever seen did for people. So, and I know you, I know how strongly you feel about it too. So, I feel like, well, here's here's where I went. Like in my mind. There's no other black character out there right now whose history has solidly represented the black community, you know, out there. Right. I have been surely, sorely disappointed in the way the comics have gone. In fact, um, in fact, did Black Panther? Yeah, Legend of the Black Panther came out this week. So I, I, yeah. I you know, what, I'm going to address that later, right? Okay. So the the comments have, the comments over the last two to three years have sorely disappointed me. It's had shown flashes, but they're but they're not there yet. So for the movie to come out and do that and say, "Hey, we've got a direction," we it's not just a direction; it was a vibe, mm. which is very difficult to capture a vibe, right? And to take take to take the African American community to, to go from. Because remember, we, the African American community was the last holdouts when it comes to the whole comics are cool now. They were the last right. holdouts. Yeah. And then the Black Panther movie took them from that to, okay, yeah, really, we get it now. Black mm-hmm. comics can be cool. Yep. But now you've spent that equity that you had with Letitia's comments. You spent that on, on nothing. Yeah. On On something that wasn't even worth it. She didn't. This was not a civil rights thing. This is like a common sense thing, and she and she spent all that equity. You know, I don't know what she thought. I don't know why she thought that she was just irreplaceable. Mm. You know, because because sometimes we get that at our job, man. We are doing a little bit of good, and then oh, we yeah. think we're ever replaceable. And and, and, then, and the boss tells you something, you're like, man, man, boss, you better go somewhere. That's you know, you got a freaking younger, younger, better looking freaking yeah. guy that shows up. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think she saw the pie in the sky, and she realized that she was the she was the next big thing, right? Because now instead of being a supporting character, she was going to be the main character. And that she was going to have, obviously, uh, anybody that was going to fill in for Chadwick Boseman was going to have huge shoes to fill. But they were going in a different direction, and Shuri had already been introduced. So it wasn't like they were trying to introduce a new Black Panther, but um, they we already had one. And every, all the people that were fans of Black Panther knew that uh, Shuri eventually takes on the mantle, right? right. Um, so that was something that everybody was okay with and prepared for. Um, and I think she saw that and she knew that and maybe her, you know, maybe she got a little too big for her britches there for, at the end there, instead of, instead of seeing herself as an employee of the, the largest company in the world and, you know, the largest company in the world, sorry, they like everybody to be vaccinated and, <laughs> you know, Hey, you're an employee at the end of the day. Right. Like, like I don't know what she's thinking. Like, well, she, she's fully un, unaware of the Black Panther story and the Wakandan story. Now, there's so many stories without Shuri in there. You know, look, we, we've got Killmonger books out there. And, yeah. and the Killmonger books are actually really good. Mm-hmm. So for her to take that, you know, 
take this avenue. I, I don't know. Now, now they're coming up with all types of crazy stories. Oh, I know she broke her ribs. Oh, she's got a concussion. Like, <laughs> like that accident happened months ago. How are we still having these issues right now? No, I don't um, know. I don't know. So, in the meantime, also on Disney Day, they they mentioned uh, that Echo was coming. Yep, and they're introducing her in the Hawkeye show as well. So we have Echo and White Widow. So the cast list is kind of crystallizing there. Uh, the, the, the Prey is a new Predator prequel will be coming, and now it'll be coming to Hulu. Uh, and the X-Men 90s animated series, and apparently that was announced before, but they reiterated this to, to talk about it again. So that's X-Men 97 that's coming out? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 and you no, know, that's 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 all that I'm tracking. We have Spider-Man no. freshman year as well, so the animation okay. studio is really kind of uh, bumping it up, right? Yes, sir. So there's there's all types of good goody stuff, you know. It, it, we're at Disney right now. They're in the uh, they're in the business of hey, we can't lose subscribers. We got to keep our subscribers because those have been major talking points at their latest. Uh, you know, uh, I forget what what they're you can call it, um, but at their investors relations, uh, you know, calls they've been talking about subscribers, 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 and at one point somebody tried to say the subscribers were getting lost. No, they haven't been losing subscribers; they've been gaining them, but they haven't been gaining them at the at the rate that they should be, um, mm. which is not not a big thing because you got to remember a lot of people are still out of freaking work. Um, and they're looking at what they can cut, and they're like, you know what? I I, I don't need Disney Plus, especially with Thanksgiving and and well, uh, and Christmas coming along. Yeah. Well, you're gonna you're gonna see. I mean, they've they've had a down cycle the last couple of months, right? I mean, we haven't gotten anything new since What If. Uh, we've been kind of spoiled this year with having back to back to back series uh, and something to watch every week. And we haven't had anything to watch the last couple of months. So now we're getting Hawkeye. And right after Hawkeye, we're getting Book of Boba Fett. Uh, and then, you know, after we don't have a, I don't think we have a set schedule starting 2022 of what we're getting from Disney Plus. But I mean, with the amount of stuff, we know Ms. Marvel's done. We're just waiting for a release date for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we know they're shooting Moon Knight, She Hulk. Uh, we have Eternals will probably be on Disney Plus by Christmas. Yep. Um, you Shang know, Chi so just, Chi just popped yep, in there like Shang-Chi last just week. Dropped. Yep. So <laughs> I mean, they don't have a lack of content, and that's and this is just MCU stuff. I mean, they have a ton of other stuff coming out on the the, the Disney platform, right? So right. Um, there is a, a ton of stuff to watch. It's just, um, yeah, if you, those of you that are looking for new episodes of stuff. Sometimes you have to wait a little bit, but yeah, I can see why the subscription rate would go down, especially over the last couple of months. Yeah. Um, all right. All right so let's let's, uh, <laughs> yeah. let's jump into um, our first comic, and then we'll take a break. Okay. Uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk King the Conqueror number four, a surprisingly good series about a villain. So yeah, it's it's been an, an amazing series, right? Because. We 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 know where every everybody's going on common ground right now as to the importance of King right now. The Loki series did a really good job of of, of doing that, right? They showed that hey, this is a guy that he's on the cross point or the crossroads 
of time, right? He's outside of time, and if he really wanted to, if he really wanted to change time, he really could, right? And there's been all types of wars fought and everything, blah, 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 right? So now, now they're, they're going to take us back, fill in some of those, what happened then, because um, if you've read the actual, some of the actual comics, is like, hey, this happened, but then all of a sudden this happened, right? Right. So this is filling in those why did this all of a sudden happen? And I love it. I, I love it to death. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 one of the most interesting things is it's definitely focusing on the Ravona Renslayer um, character, right? And how yeah. much and important she she was to everything that's going on. Um, so for those that don't know who or or, or what was going on, uh, the the African American character I think her name was Rebecca in the Loki series. No, it was Ravana. Ravana, her name was yeah. Ravana. Okay, yep. uh, so so she she that that was Ravana uh, Renslayer in in that series. Now the interesting thing is is that uh, you know throughout the history of of Marvel and everything, that's not the only one she's been. She's also Valerie Richards, uh, who is the daughter of Reed and um, and Sue Richards, right? Um, Wait, who's the, who's the daughter? Who's who's Valeria? Not Ravana. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. She is eventually bioengineered to be Ravana Renslayer. Oh, well, okay. So that ends. <laughs> that that puts a whole level of creep into this book. Then yes, it does. It does. <laughs> because, because they because they is, are they are relatives. This is the first. I think this is the first series that cements the fact that King the Conqueror is actually Nathaniel Richards. I know that it was hinted before, but I don't think it was ever confirmed. Um, but I think that this is the first series that you re- actually realize that Nathaniel Richards, who is Reed's father or grandfather, I'm not sure. I, I, well, well, I guess we'll I guess we'll get into that. Right. As part of the as part of the series of how that actually works. Um, but yeah, so so there is a part in time in which Doom pushes the bioengineering along and bio uh, bioengineers her bioengineers valerie to be the wife or lover of king at some point right right it's never really hammered in to explain but that 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 is a thing uh what also is is out there is is the fact that at some point uh ravana is also um able to you know manipulate the way she looks and everything and she was uh nebula at some point as well Hmm. um i'm gonna have to go back and reread this because i think there was some things that are going on so 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 the 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 whole thing about valerie and nebula that's not in this series that's that's not in the series but that that those are in other books right that oh okay all right but but what is in this series is the fact that um during the time of Apocalypse and Ramatut, which is when you know when King the Conqueror was like really in this thing, uh, Ravana was—I don't know if she was the first Moon Knight, but she was Moon Knight, right? And that's huge because uh, chronologically, when it comes to the books being published and everything, her book, her first appearance was was Avengers number twenty-three that came out first, meaning that she. Was the first she was the first Moon Knight. 
that, yeah. that, that, that's 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 it's freaking crazy to think of. You know, like yeah, we got the, we got the freaking character, but 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 she was the first Moon Knight, which makes her book even more important when when it comes down to all that other stuff. So so I so I, I'm I'm loving all this stuff, and they're putting her once again, they're putting her on the cross point, the crossroads of everything. Yeah. So, well, she was an she was an important character even back in the '60s when she first appeared because she humanized Kang a little bit because the the second the first and second appearance of Kang really uh, you know straight up uh, vanilla villain kind of you know uh, kind of coming across time and and the, uh, the the first appearance of him with uh, Ravona was um, during the first run of Captain America's Cap's Kooky Quartet with Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and Hawkeye. Yeah. And that was uh, maybe six issues into that uh, iteration of the team. But, uh, but Kang was kind of humanized in that story as being a man in love with, with, his, with his, what he, who he wanted to be his wife and was willing to go to war to get her, so almost kind of like a Helen of Troy kind of uh, kind of situation, and then at the end, and they actually recap that in this issue here, where uh, where yes. the the villain, uh, you know, Kang realizes that he, he would rather have love than uh, than victory, and then he, uh, Ravona dies as a result of that. Yeah, and, that, is, um, that is a powerful. Because the the build up to this, uh, I think ever since the issue number one, has been the the older king, right? Uh, you know, being a mentor to the younger king, say, hey, whatever you do, don't fall in love. Don't fall in love. Falling in love is a weakness. Falling in love is what will bring you down. Hmm. Right? Falling in love is what will be your ultimate failure. He's been he's trying to hammer it, and he, he's like, make say it, say it. <laughs> And then the guy was like the kid, you know, the the kids in that similar fucking kid fashion. You know how they do. Yeah, right. okay, dad. Yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> so so now, you know, as as King's getting older and he's coming into his own and he's he's doing his own thing. He just, you know, it, it comes to the point. Here it is. This is the t this is freaking game day. This is freaking the time to do it. And it turns out that it wasn't just a thing of King being stronger, right? It was a point of by by not saying I that by not going for the love and making love a priority, that is what kills his lover lover. Mm -hmm. That that's the reason why because he, he didn't listen to himself. He didn't listen to the older king. That because because remember it, it it was a thing of oh hey there's this guy that I need to kill. By all by all things I should kill this guy right and be done with it, but because I'm trying to impress this young lady. And not be seen as a killer, she ends up dying as a result. That is, man, yeah, man. That is that is ultimate. That is really great writing right there because it's been it's been set up for like the last four issues. Um, I I don't I don't know where you can go from here. I don't you know you know there's there's other stuff that needs to be fleshed out in the King's story, but you know that's that's the full circle run right there. I, I really think, you know, I think the King as uh, as the like, I guess, the leading protagonist in his own book. Um, I think that story that story really has legs because, I mean, he's got four or five different identities where you could really kind of jump around. Kind of like Moon Knight has different uh, different uh, identities. You have Kang, you have Rama Tut, you have Immortus, you have Scarlet Centurion. 
uh, the, you know, there are many different facets to his personality and to his timeline where you could really drop him in and tell a really good story anywhere, you know, uh, I, more than any other character because, you know, you could actually treat him more like a, you know, like maybe like a phantom stranger or something or have him like the, like he could become like the watcher and you could just tell like these what if stories all day with Kang as the, you can show, you can show him as the hero or the villain, however you feel like you want to portray him. Um, but I think, uh, you know, where, 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 as he learns and as he grows, he changes his identity, you know, where I would say uh, Rama Tut was probably the brash youth. Kang is the, you know, the adult uh, wanna conquer, the conqueror. And then when he eventually becomes Immortus, and that's when he becomes like the, the character that's like above all that, right? When he becomes, sure. you know, he could be a villain. He could be a, uh, you know, a good guy. You want to look at it like that. Um, but his motivations are different in each iteration. And I, I enjoy that part of the character. Um, I think he's one of the most interesting characters that Lee, uh, uh, Stanley, and Jack Kirby ever created. The uh, I gotta say also that the art, um, absolutely fantastic art by uh, Lansing, absolutely freaking great art, freaking very detailed, right? Because <laughs> they, they had to get it right, freaking showing us, you know, the the details of you know the time that he's in, um, just and, and and some of these covers like like the, like the cover that I have up there, that's a Del Mundo cover, I believe, just yeah. just fantastic freaking details man and then then you know imagine you got to go through because there's different versions of ravana rinslayer that's out there you know at one time she's like a wild woman of the, of the bush and the next one she's you know uh you know an egyptian and the next one she's like a you know a caucasian blue-eyed woman and to get those straight um but to have that same stoicism that freaking looks yeah. into your looks into your soul you know, mm -hmm. that, that that is that is some great a freaking stuff man yeah well let's uh shout out the creators we have jackson lansing and colin kelly who wrote this book carlos magno is actually the artist and then the color artist is espen grundstern uh <laughs> i think um and vc's joe carmagna on letters so uh yeah this book uh, you know if you like kang this book's for you if you like Marvel history, this this book is also for you because it goes through a lot of the old storylines that Kang had. Um, I'm interested to see if they ever bring out the Council of Cross Time Kings, if you remember that, uh, with with all the different iterations of <laughs> Kang across all realities, um, which I believe Kang actually killed all of them. <laughs> so he's the only one left. Um, well, there's but, a series called Timeless that's coming out, so they might go into that over there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm the, uh, let's say that this, so everybody listen to me. Kang the Conqueror does have legs and they're going to do a big, the big storyline timeless. And that's, the, that's early next year, right? Uh, is it early next year or in December? I think it might actually be in December. Well, December is devil's reign that's coming out. Hmm. So that's the big event, the crossover that's coming out next month. I think timeless comes out in February or January or February. We can find out for sure. Yeah, it's it's been on FOC for like forever. Uh, let's see, because because the big thing that speculators are looking for is uh, it's going to be the first appearance of Miss Minutes. 
Oh, okay. December 29th, 2021. All right. So January, basically. All right. Uh, let's take a really quick break and we will be right back to get into everything else that is coming out this week. Let's watch Flipside Photo. Let me ask you a question. Are you wanting to read a new comic book that has nothing to do with the big two? Are you tired of looking through countless titles and have no idea where to begin? Well, don't you worry because the random dude Josh and Johnny the Machine Hughes has the podcast for you. Flipside Focus, only on the Undercover Capes Podcast Network. All right, make sure to check out Flipside Focus on Undercover Capes Podcast Network and any of our other podcasts that way we were, of which there are many. <laughs> so, um, all right. So let's jump into Dark Ages. I know that uh, you've been really loving this series. I, I tend to find these what if storylines kind of um, tiresome, but this one is actually really kind of enjoyable. Um, why don't you give us a give us a rundown on what's going on in Dark Ages? Superheroes don't have they're they're trying to do the same things they used to do, but some of them don't have the powers, and there's no electricity. Boom, that's all you need to know. <laughs> so 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 but all right, but but in the meantime, you know, there's different freaking bad guys running around, you know, and there there's a kind of like a civil war going on. You know, Apocalypse on one end, and then you know Black Black Panther, he's on the other side, you no know, freaking trying to keep everybody together. You know, and, and slowly but surely, some of these superheroes have been disappearing. Right, either disappearing or just or just dying. Well, it turns out some of the ones that they thought were dead actually are just showing up in Apocalypse Camp camp, working on something. Not exactly sure exactly what it is right now, but it, we all we know it's it can't be good if Apocalypse is working on it. Right, um, and then you know the the latest big thing was you know Tony Stark, Tony Captain America rode up, asking for Tony Stark for help. Tony Stark went with him, and now Tony Stark has disappeared uh in this particular issue uh black panther um decided to send a scout quicksilver as a scout he goes out and uh, he sees all this stuff he sees his father like oh crap dad freaking locked up <laughs> helmed up um and then you know apocalypse decides freaking Takes takes a hold, uh, takes control of Quicksilver using the Purple Man somehow, which I have really seen, or maybe I just missed it. And then he sends Quicksilver back to the Black Panther camp, who kills some people. Um, and now, now, now they're now they've got the information that hey, they've got a whole bunch of people. Now it's a big trap, right? We we all know what's happening, right? Apocalypse has just set up a big freaking trap because they know. Now they have reason to actually go over into their lands and everything. Um, but once again, the big question is, okay, we, the trap is set. What does he need all these superheroes for? Mm. What, what, what is the big thing? I, I don't know what it was, but I, it, it's intriguing, right? Because this is, this, is, that is, this is great narrative technique, right? Freaking, give me a driver of why I want to freaking pick up this book next week. Yeah. Give me, give me, give me a wow. Oh, crap. He's got this person. He's got this person. got this person. What's next? That's next for next week. So absolutely freaking great stuff right now by uh, Tom Taylor as the writer. Hmm. 
What, what, did, what did you think of it, man? Yeah, so like I said, I mean, a lot of these what-if storylines, um, you know, I find a bit tiresome because it lets you take all these characters that, uh, you know, and just kind of put them in these scenarios and that you don't, would that you just aren't believable. Um, but I like the, uh, I like the whole idea of, you know, there's no electricity. So now all of these characters have to kind of find a different, another different way to be super, right? I, or, or fight amongst each other for power, right? So uh, what is power in a land where there's no power, right? So it's, it's super interesting. And I, like, let's, uh, let's shout out Tom Taylor writing. Uh, Iban Coelho is the artist. Colors are Brian Rubier and the letter is VCs Joe Sabino. Um, this book, I think, is just still kind of gathering steam a little bit um, because all of these characters, you know, some of them you think are going to be the main characters and then all of a sudden they're not in the next issue or they're killed off. Uh, we have Quicksilver killing off the Human Torch in this issue, uh, which is the big dramatic moment. Um, where Quicksilver is taken over or possessed by the Purple Man, and um, and the one thing that confused me was it looks like um, so the Invisible Woman puts the shield over uh, her faction of the Black Panther crowd um, to protect um, everyone, and Quicksilver was halfway in, and there's a panel there that looks like his legs were burned off. Um, but then in the very next page, you see that he was just very badly burned. And to me, I don't know if that's just a, maybe an illusion of the artwork, but his legs definitely look like they had crumbled to ashes. And then he looks just like he's, uh, he's got some burn wrappings on the next panel. So that was a bit confusing. Um, other than that, you know, this book is intriguing. It's a, there's a lot of different characters in this book. So if you're not really familiar with the ma major characters of the Marvel Universe, there's a lot of new people that you might not have seen before. But we do have Shuri. We do have Black Panther. We have Jessica Jones. We have, uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the Netflix and MCU characters, you know, Spider-Man. And, uh, and they're all doing weird stuff. I think like we got like Mary Jane is in there somewhere. Um, so it is interesting. I love the, the whole, uh, kind of think tank there of, um, of apocalypse and purple man and Dr. Octopus. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's kind of like a villain team up right there. But the fact that Reed Richards is working with them is intriguing. Cause then you're just like, okay, I don't really know if this is, um, you know, if Reed Richards is working with them as a means to an end or because, maybe Reed is uh, without, without power, you know, maybe he's trying to science, science himself up, you know? Yeah. And they're using, um, you know, using Magneto as a power source. <laughs> Genius. Um, so I can see where this is going, um, but it's fun to, to, to read. Um, and I just, the only thing I can't really get across is that these are not the characters that, uh, I'm so used to reading about, right? I don't look at the, like, I don't think Phoenix in this is Phoenix. I don't think Quicksilver is actually Quicksilver. It's like just a different Quicksilver. Um, so that's it's tough for me to buy in, but the story is really good. So, I mean, I'd like to read the story for that. 
um, and just kind of pretend that they're all different characters. But they introduced at the end of this issue um, Venom, but I don't know if this Venom is a Venom Carnage mix-up, it looks like. Um, so yeah. we, we'll see. Uh, I, I just think, um, is it just me that I just don't think that Venom is is that popular to be like the, he's kind of like this generation's almost like Deadpool or he's like, he's in everything. Yeah. Is, are they, are they running out on the license term or something like that? Cause they're trying to put him in everything. <laughs> it's yeah. But, I just, but, I, I mean, if you can tell a better story without Venom than with Venom to be per perfectly honest with you. I don't know. I don't know who's asking for more Venom. I, I'm not asking <laughs> for more Venom. I'm I'm all venomed out after that whole null freaking series that led up to a whole bunch yep. of nothing. <laughs> it led to null. <laughs> <laughs> null is dead. <laughs> like okay, yeah, let's not get started on that because I don't feel like any more rants today. <laughs> but you did uh, all those powerpoints for nothing. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, they've been sprinkling in like, hey, we're going to do something with this character and that character and the other character. And, and that's fine. But in the meantime, you know, the ending was just so crappy. It's like, yeah. But but, you know, hopefully, you know, we got uh, Al Ewing. He's going to do. Is he doing Venom? He just. Yeah. The first issue just came out. And then, you no, know, uh, Donny Cates, he's getting ready to do Hulk, you know, so. So maybe they'll fix it and make it make it right. But right now they they're on my crap list. <laughs> well, Al Ewing is definitely not on your crap list, and he is. Uh, you know, if we were if we were gonna, and maybe you know what, maybe we'll do an award show for our last show of 2021, where we can do you know best writer, best story, and all that stuff. I think that's a good idea. Um, because I can already tell you, the best writer is going to be Al Ewing, um, because of the ideas he's bringing to the table. And um, the the kind of, uh, not the weird way of where she's doing it, but the kind of characters he's using to uh, kind of really continue his kind of corner of the world, right? Um, we all know yeah. Al Ewing just had, just wrapped up his spectacular run on Immortal Hulk um, and has been, and actually spun off, we've got a few issues of the new Defenders book where he's kind of getting into his ideas here. <laughs> But here he's expanding on his ideas that he had during um, Empire, and um, you know, and elsewhere. Uh, and this is what I like about the Sword Book is that he's incorporating the X Men more into a, the cosmic Marvel universe more than um, you know with with Jonathan Hickman's kind of take on the X Men. He's really kind of. Uh, sectorize them or kind of ostracize them they're not really interacting with anybody else in the marvel universe right yeah. this is this sword book is is definitely a, a horse of a different color um where they're doing different things they're uh they're engaging more uh where they have taken over mars which is i th I, I thought was a weird idea at first but now i'm just like this is really something that could with repercussions right yeah, and and what they're doing here um, is they're really kind of getting into there. I think he's moving the pieces on the chessboard, you know, where they've introduced these characters or reintroduced in some cases, and you've really kind of pivoted where they're actually pitting um, the X Men against 
pretty much the rest of Earth, right? When you're talking about Brand and, uh, and Gyric, uh, just being those characters that they they say they're working with the X Men, but we kind of know they're not, right? And then you have uh, Wiz Kid, that's the double agent turned triple agent turned. You know, where does his loyalties lie? There's there's a good question, and this, these are characters of the Wiz, Wiz Kid. This kid, this guy, Al Ewing can literally do anything with. The guys have got the dudes a blank slate. He was uh, his first appearance was appearance was in the Fallen Angels limited series, like 1987, and I think he was in X Factor for just a like a blip. But it, this guy is like no one knows anything really about him. He's a blank character. You can just do whatever you want with him. And I'm just like, okay, this guy is actually like a decent character. I didn't think he was a, like a throwaway, but Al Ewing has turned him into someone that's really, this book is kind of hinging on, right? Yep. Great freaking they, they They did them right with some great monologues displaying what's going on in his head. But yeah. 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 And then yeah, you have, um, you have the adult cable now that uh, kid cable is back uh, where he's supposed to be. So you have the actual cable and he actually, this cable kind of comes off as a, as a big dummy in this issue. Um, which is not the way that I've used to seeing Cable portrayed. Um, never really used to seeing him as uh, as trusting, even of his allies, and uh, and and he's actually really duped big time by by Wizkid in this. Um, and they and to be fair, in the early issues of Sword, where Kid Cable was running around, they they did establish that relationship, and then broke it. And now here's here's adult cable, and they're they're reforming that relationship. Or you were, you're supposed to remember from earlier that they were friends, and mm. now it's kind of uh, it's kind of come back. Uh, Storm has taken the next level in this book, right? Storm as a character, you've always known she was a strong leader, and she's the goddess, you know. Um, and but in this book, man, man, is she something else, right? Yes, sir. You know, she's for the last, I would say for the last year, they have really done Storm right. Yeah. Right? She's not just, you know, this auxiliary character. She's not just some, um, I forget what they call it, the, the God character that just pops pops down when, when they need help. No, she's got a lot of stuff going on. Right? Yeah. And then when she's present, Stuff is really freaking shaking to its core. She's really freaking doing stuff. I, I really like what they what they've done done for her so far. You know, um, I wish I could do that for her in the MCU, but but that is what it is. So. <laughs> you know, um, well, but you know, look, Jonathan Hickman. They need to put him in charge of the MCU right now. Is he even still working for Marvel after he's stepping down from X Men? I know Inferno is ending. And that's going to be Jonathan Hickman's uh, last story for the X universe. But where does he go from here? I know that they brought him on back to Marvel specifically to take over the X Men. And now, can, now what? Right. You look. You, if if they are ever going to bring the X Men into the MCU, they can't do it without Jonathan Hickman. And John, if I was John, I would say, don't do anything with these characters unless you're going to put me in charge of everything because look at look at all these small books off to the side right we know how strong his template was 
right? Yeah. So we, he put the rules, he put the laws of how it's all supposed to work. But then we, sometimes with some of these other little books, it's just crappy because it's so difficult to follow along along the vision, hmm. right? So unless you're going to put him in charge of everything, everything, Lucas, yes, everything, right? Of how all these these pieces interconnect. The, they they might as well not do anything, right? No, you're like, yeah, I I understand. You no, know, Marvel's got all these other little projects. They've got Seek Wars that kind of brewing the the the, the scrolls freaking brewing. You know the armored war thing going. You know, um, you know they're trying to slowly bring in the agile humans that we actually care about with Kamala Khan and Moon Girl and all that stuff, mm. stuff right? But look, I don't see a plan. Yeah. Right? You know, after Infinity Gauntlet, after this Infinity thing, right? I don't see a plan. They're, they are trying to do, you know, they've got Adam Warlock coming, right? Mm-hmm. Who is part of the Infinity Watch. But that's just more Gauntlet stuff. I would do, do we really care right. about that? I don't, you know, if we never see another Infinity Stone in the MCU, it couldn't be too soon. But, I mean, we know that they used him as kind of a MacGuffin in uh, Loki. Uh, where you know they were just a draw full of infinity stones, um, but uh, that I think that was the final joke, right? Yes. Uh, because that was that I think that bit was how we were all feeling about the infinity <laughs> stones, right? I was just like, oh my god, there's so many of them, and it's just it just turned into a joke, and I thought that was that was actually kind of funny. Um, but I just have a question for you. So we're 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 kind of talking about the X Men and the MCU. Um, when they get introduced, do they get introduced as Jonathan Hickman's version of the X-Men where they're all living on an island? Perfect and, freaking question. That is, they, you got to. Right? You got to. The way things are right now, you got to. Right? You, you, yeah. Because right now, there's there's only one kind of mutant that's out there that has been fully integrated into the MCU, and that's Wanda. For sure, and and even then, when they first introduced her, she wasn't a mutant, right? They she got her powers from the uh, from Loki's staff, right? Right, right? Her and Quicksilver both. Uh, right, but now, so but now, but now you're fleshing her stuff out with the Darkhold stuff. Yep. So you can find they, they we can find out more about that, and and I know that uh, you know coming up in the new Doctor Strange movie that they'll. I, they eventually have to reveal her as a mutant, right? Because she's right. too important to the X Men mythos for her to just not be one. Yes. So. So they've got to tread lightly. They've they've got to get it right. Um, but it, it's one of those deals where I feel like they could be in the right direction, but I'm afraid that they might jack it up. Right. Yeah. And and it's not necessarily because of anything that Marvel's doing. Like I, I'm seeing all these actors and actresses and they're just doing screens and stuff behind the scenes. So yeah. that might force their, them to pivot to something else that wouldn't necessarily be be norm, normal with them. Um but but the but the kind of close out what what I thought about Sword was look the plan. The plan is always what drives you and the plan here on Sword looks like it's like going to be like a James Bond thriller, right? Because, well, yeah, he's an agent of Krakoa, right? The, but now he's a a double agent for Orcus. But then it also mentions that he's a third yeah. agent. So we got to find out now, like, who is he a third agent for? 
that's that's that that is amazing. Now, because I I already thought this was a pretty good book, pretty good pretty good series so far. But now I'm gonna now I gotta I gotta turn tune back in in a month from now. Right. <laughs> so I mean, we'll... so who is the third faction? Right. So you get the mutants, you get Earthlings, and then uh, the, the the only other third faction I can think of is like the Shi'ar. You know, like Lilandra and you know uh, Hulkling. How do you what do you call him? The King King Doric or something, whatever. I don't know what. Yeah, who knows? But uh, that's yeah. To me, very intrigued over which way this this book is going, and uh, I think Ewing Ewing right now pumping on all cylinders. I don't think he can do anything wrong, and I'm I'm picking up any Ewing book that I see. So absolutely, you know, because you're gonna miss a part, you're gonna miss a piece of his universe building, or the Ewing verse is what I'm calling it. So, just it's interesting. Man, I can't, I can't wait, wait for a Hulk. Uh, well, I want to see what Donna Case is going to do with Hulk number one. And I can't wait to see more of what Ewing wants to do with Venom. Do you think so? I, and I, here is what I think: Hulk, it, Hulk becomes almost like they're bringing him back to Earth, right? Because. Uh, Immortal Hulk was just so out of left field. Uh, and you almost have to ignore that whole run to kind of to kind of get him back integrated with the Marvel Universe, I think. Uh, if they can, if Donnie Cates can like pay homage to Ewing's Immortal Hulk run while also uh, breaking new ground, um, I will be very, very impressed. Because I think Immortal Hulk, I think Ewing changed that character to the core. And uh, going forward, I don't know how you integrate that back in. But it's totally going to be interesting to see. Man, once again, I can't wait. I I hate speculating on it because every time I speculate on what Al Ewing and Donny Kids are going to do, I'm wrong. I swear to God, I think they freaking listen to us, and then they hear what, and then they, all right, we got, all right, guys, we got to change this, just just to mess with these guys, like, you know. Um, but but what, what sometimes what they put on on the plate is good. It's just that, and and I think I've said this before, they are absolutely great at fucking uh, or uh, no presenting these quandaries, right? These mm. questions. But when it comes to closing and answering questions, not so much. I call it sticking the landing. <laughs> you know, you can be the great, the greatest gymnast in the world, but if you can't stick the landing, you're getting a five. All flips, no land. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, just just out there killing it, killing that bar, killing that like that horseshoe. Watching that YouTube video of the gymnast that does all these amazing flips and then breaks her freaking like grasshoppers at the end. You know, with their <laughs> knees going up. <laughs> it's like ah. Oh. That was so good, but you can't stick the landing. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, let's. So uh, yeah, let's jump into what we got going because we're running out of time. All right. Uh, okay, Amazing Spider-Man eighty-five. These are the ones that are coming on FOC this Monday, Tuesday. Just one. Are you sure. liking this Amazing Spider-Man Beyond storyline? It's, it's got me to the point where I don't care. Yeah, me too. I, I don't. I, you I know, really don't Ben. Ben Riley is not the character you'd bring back. I don't. I, I'm sorry. You know. They. They. I. I. What, was it this one that I just read? Yeah. No. It was uh, Amazing Spider-Man number eighty, 
whatever the one that came out this week, and it had yeah, uh, I think it was oh, like eighty seven. Yeah, yeah, Amazing Spider Man seventy eight point bay, and it had Misty Knight oh, and right. uh, Daughters of the, of the Dragons. Yeah, I, did, I didn't mind it, but what I what I didn't need, I, I could care less about Ben Riley being in the freaking book. Mm-hmm. If you want to give me, if you want to give me a Misty Knight and freaking Dragon Daughters of the Dragon, freaking just just give me that. They they didn't need to put give me another Spider Man book on this one. Uh, Defenders number five. Uh, the interesting part is going to be is about this is Ooh. going to be when the when they reveal who is the mass raider. Right? You know, uh, they've been teasing this ever since Marvel Comics number one thousand. Um, yeah. So we are now finally going to see. It's probably going to be a character that we've known before. Um, but this is going to be interesting to see. A lot of people are freaking kind of kind of rocking just to see what's going on with that one. Uh, do I want it to be the two gun kid? I really do. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. Or some old Western character. I think it would be just great. Yeah. Uh, Strange Academy number 15. Um, nothing too big about this one. The Gaslamp character, character has been around before. But I, I, I did. I have been getting a lot of feedback that people do like these Alberto Ramos uh, freaking covers. I, You know, I, a Strange Academy is one of those books that is sneaky good if you get into it. It's kind of like a cross between Young Avengers and uh, Runaways, you yes. know, where I kind of feel like it's heavy on the drama, kind of light on the action sometimes, but the characters make the book. And if you, you know, if you can get into the characters, it's uh, it's really an interesting it's, read. It's, it's pandering to a Pacific demographic done right, right? Because right. you've not only got the teen drama thing going, but you've got some teen romance popping up and down. And it's actually yeah. done right in a way that makes sense. There you go. There you go. Uh, ben Riley Spider-Man number one. Uh, just quite a few covers. Uh, my favorite right there is actually the one in the far right. Uh, I know I got mm. it minimized. It's a Jurgens design variant, which is a one to ten. But the big one is the Jurgens sketch design, which is a one to fifty, black and white. I don't know why they decided to do that. I don't know if Ben Raleigh has enough of a fan base to make people want to buy these incentives. Um, well, but here's, the, here's the thing. This is this is why Ben Riley doesn't fit in the Marvel Universe right now is because we have Miles. True. You don't – you can't – and and Miles is, does not walk around <clears throat> as Miles Morales Spider-Man. He, he walks around as Spider-Man. So now you're going to have Spider-Man, Miles Morales, you're going to have Peter, and you're going to have Ben. I just think it's too much. Um, I, 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 the, yes, it's Ben Riley is the, you know, the character no one demanded to come back, you know, and that's um, Miles Morales has his own clones to deal with. Why didn't they just go into that story or just br- bring that whole thing along? Yeah. You know, I really kind of wanted the, that storyline a few years ago where Jackal was Peter Parker's clone, uh, mm-hmm. and he he re- he resurrected a whole bunch of uh, of side characters that Peter had or that had died in the book. Um, I thought that was going to be the last clone story, but I guess I guess we're just never going to get away from clones with Spidey. So I, I feel bad because I really kind of um, this book could be good. I just think there's too many Spider-Mans running around. Exactly. And so. they all come out in the same week. So. Awful. Uh, X-Lives of Wolverine, number one. Um, this, I love this cover. This That's the one to write. That is a Jorge Molina variant, which is going to be a 1 and 50. 
Now, there's a whole bunch of them. Oh, wow. Uh, feedback from, from a lot of people was they liked the one of Wolverine in the snow. That is the Art Adams 1-100. One um, there's also you know, that contingent of people that are like manga, which is that one to the far right, the one right next to the snow joint. Yeah. That one's A1-25. Um, but you know, overall feedback was that everybody really kind of liked these most of these covers. Yeah, they all look pretty, uh, pretty decent. You know, I, I think it's really easy to draw a good, like, like a good Wolverine cover because you can put them in any background. You know, because he's so diverse, you could do anything you want with him, and and make it believable. It's hard to mess them up, but some people do, believe it or not. Uh, Venom number four. Um, I don't have the one to twenty-five yet. The art has not been out for that one yet. I got a mm. lot of negative feedback regarding the Yarden Classic Homage variant. That's the one in the middle. People are like, "Why do we have another homage to Spider-Man number three hundred? Why? What? Do, what's yeah. That um. Once again, and there was nothing in particular in a solicit that said this was going to be a particular interesting book. But here we here we are. With Why do you have that homage variant in issue four? It's not like, you know, you could have had that in an issue one and people would say less about it, right? But yeah. it's just an odd, like a, just a random drop. Um, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, quickly, new releases that are coming out for 11-24-2021. Uh, uh, Black Panther is coming out. Uh, people are keeping an eye on that net east. But the thing that people are definitely going to look for at uh, which is an incentive is that Sam Spratt. That's the one to the far right. That's one of the throne engulfed in flames. People absolutely love this freaking cover. I just don't know how many copies are going to be out there. Mm. That's a good <laughs> cover. Uh, you know, there are some fans of Simone Bianchi, which is the one in the freaking middle. Um, but look, people are loving loving that that one that Sam Spratt one. Mm. Uh, Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, number one. You know, a lot of a lot of older guys are saying some uh, not not kosher stuff. Please keep your comments to yourself about Kate. She's only seventeen. Just forget, don't forget, guys. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, but 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 I will say I do I do like the cover. Um, you know, the, the the purple kind of freaking you know, you know cracks. It, it, it's really freaking good. But you no, know, um, it, this might be her best cover yet. Um, yeah, but no, it it is it is what it is, we'll, and we'll see how it freaking does. And I think a lot of people are actually gonna, a lot of retailers are actually gonna buy that one. The Hulk number one, that one's freaking coming out as well. Um, it's got a bunch of covers. Um, the one that I love right now is the one to the far right. That is a Simon Bianchi freaking cover. Yeah, that looks good. Uh, I think there's an Art Adams. That's the one down or a second one second, second one, one at the, the bottom left. yeah and then the uh steve young or not steve young excuse me scotty oh, young no no is that a it's either young or a momoko oh, i think peach that's momoko. actually a momoko yeah i think yeah. that's actually a peach momoko that one where he's grabbing the star yeah so uh death of doc strange number three people were blowing up and loving that uh that jacinto variant that's the one to the far right it's a one in 25. They said they, it was trippy. They love it. The colors freaking popped and kind of looks like uh, Magnola, right? Like Mike Magnola. Yeah. So people are loving this one. So if you see that one just hanging out on on, on the table, freaking go ahead and grab that one. 
And then that, sir, is all I've got. Nice. MPP. All right. And that's all I think we have time for because uh, we're up against it. We're a little bit over. Um, but uh, join us next time. We'll be into the final month of the year, December. We have Death's Rain coming out. We'll be nice. knee-deep in Hawkeye. We will uh, probably have be just a week away from uh, the Spider-Man movie coming out. So mm. we'll have lots to talk about. Um, so thank you all for joining us. And we will see you in a fortnight. Be safe. Peace.